asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're letting the world know that we're moving and we're going to give our advice for finding a great place to live. I never thought I would utter these words, Joel, but we are moving. So we've, we've told our, our family, of course, they've known as we've kind of been going through this process. Our closer friends, they know. Told all our neighbors now. But uh, it truly hasn't, like, I think I'm realizing that it, it feels real now that we're talking about it here on the podcast. Tell it's not, podcast it's not legit until we talk about it on the show. That's true. And yeah, the fact is we are moving, but with that- Both bro- of our families. Both of our families. So that's At the, the same time. That's the craziest part. <laughs> No surprise. This has been something that's been in the works, by the way, for for months and months and months. And it's something that that Matt and I, we've been talking about. Our families have been discussing together. We've been... We we call them family meetings. Family uh, meetings. You and Emily, when y'all sit down with me and Kate, and we kind of have some of these conversations trying to figure out what our lives are going to look like in the future. And yeah, we we have arrived to this point. And I'm really excited to talk about uh, us personally, what we're doing, what we're going to be up to. But also for our listeners, what we realized was that this is a great opportunity for us to talk about moving and to discuss the many factors that you need to keep in mind when it comes time to uproot and move your family. Yeah, so this will be a somewhat personal episode as we talk about our own progression in this direction to leaving a neighborhood that we love, that we really do yeah, love. That's and, the sad part. Yeah, because I, mean, I think anybody who's listening is like, if you've listened for any amount of time, like Matt and Joel always talk about how they love their Didn't neighborhood. Didn't talk about how your neighborhood's like Mayberry and yeah. how it's like perfect and... and a lot of ways. It's true. It's incredibly idyllic. Uh, that's why we're certainly sad. But I th- honestly, by this point in time, I, we, we've sort of cycled through the stages of grief. <laughs> we have kind of gotten through some of the, the, the sadder weeks. But our family at this point is so pumped. We're so excited for what lies ahead. So yeah. I am looking forward to talking about that today. At times in this process, I was like, who am I? I feel like I'm losing a sense of my identity. <laughs> we've been in this neighborhood for, for 13 plus years. We've made a lot. We've got deep roots. You're we've like, made so many connections. You're like Derek Zoolander <laughs> looking into the puddle. <laughs> 
Yes. Who am I? God. Uh, <laughs> and so I am kind of looking up, looking around, and I'm like, what is going on? Uh, but there are a lot of factors, like you'll find out in this episode that led to this decision. We will discuss more. That's but right, man. Well, you, you have a quick hobby you want to share? I wanted to share hobby? with you. Yeah, I haven't told you what specifically this is, but I'm have curious. you heard of magnet fishing before? No. This is something that, <laughs> that the algorithm fed to me because they know that this is the kind of thing I'm into. So in the past, we've talked about how I'm, I've kind of got an old soul and that pretty soon you're going to find me on the beach during vacation with a metal detector uh-huh. sweeping, you know, combing for lost jewels and other potential treasures. Uh, well, I came across this thing called magnet fishing and it's basically what it is. It's like this giant, super strong magnet. It's like this, I don't know, like picture a hockey puck, maybe even bigger, but it's got a like a metal loop on it and you tie a rope around it. And uh, typically you throw it like in a river or a lake or something like that. You just kind of cast it out there and you drag it back to you and you see what cool stuff <laughs> is in the lake. Uh, but you, ha- you have not done this yet, I'm guessing. I have not yet done it, but I am this close to buying one of those magnets. They're, they're not that expensive. But specifically, in, in mind, instead of walking on the beach with a under the hot blazing sun with a metal de- detector, I'm picturing, okay, could you I in a also, canoe? <laughs> or, or just like wading out into the water and kind of throwing it out there. You get to stay cool because you got the, the waves washing over you. Even if you're like out there with the kids, I'm, I'm picturing myself being able to tie it around my waist. And as we slowly as the current kind of pushes us down the beach my super strong magnets just looking for like lost watches or jewelry or sunglasses just whatever might be slightly buried in the okay. sand there how cool is that that's, you, it's interesting that's right <laughs> that's for sure i'm gonna call you magneto I, oh that, that'll totally be my uh, magnet fishing name i'm super excited about the idea i'm not totally sure actually how it works if it works well at the beach but there are folks out there and they've got accounts dedicated to this and folks have found everything from like yeah jewelry to safes that that have been thrown into rivers to like rusty bikes to tools sunglasses all sorts of crazy stuff. Uh, and so, I don't know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea of kind of scavenging with the potential to possibly earn a little money on the side. There you go. Okay. Well, any hobby that allows you to actually potentially make some money at the same time is, is a good hobby. It's almost like the, like it's like a passive hobby, perhaps. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like... I pick, you don't have to be super dedicated to no, it. No, it's just like, oh, let me you know, toss it a few. It's sort of like fishing. You don't have to be completely dedicated to maybe enjoy the process. Okay, so. we'll try it out this summer. Let us know how it goes. Well, I, I'm curious. The first beach trip is going to be ours. And so you'll see... I mean, if, if I do this, we will absolutely post pictures. Okay, all right. I'm very intrigued. Everyone wants to see those. And I will say, if you are listening and this is something you've tried let me know your tips because i'm a total noob <laughs> all right well uh yeah you can always reach out to us how to money pod at gmail.com but matt let's mention the beer we're having on this episode this is called stucky's pecan log roll by wild heaven i said pecan uh, you can say pecan i don't know uh, in, in no, the south it's pecan pecan in yeah, the south if yes. you're a southerner it's pecan so i think i did like if a, you're a yankee it's a pecan i did it somewhere in the middle <laughs> on that pronunciation uh but we'll give our always, thoughts on on this always, one you're always living life in the gray i am at the end of the episode but let's get on to the topic at hand we are talking about the fact that we're moving we're talking about how we decided to do that and and how you can find a great place to live Matt, uh, for some reason, this made me think of those progressive commercials where uh, that that doctor is trying to prevent people from becoming like their parents. Have you seen those? Uh, Yes, I have. They're pretty funny. (laughs) They're pretty funny. And I think that's... That's exactly sort of a great way to talk about moving, (laughs) specifically to the burbs. Yeah. And so we are moving to the burbs. And as kids growing up, there were things I was like, I'm never going to be like my parents in this way or that way, whether it was the way that they didn't explain maybe the reasoning behind a decision they were making. And they just said, because I said so, or uh, maybe it was like (laughs) the way they dressed or the way they decided to do certain things. It was like, I'm not going to be like my parents in that way. Like, I'm never going to wear socks with sandals, but look at you today. That's my uncle, not my dad. But yes, uh, I actually, I might actually wear socks with sandals. My daughter does. <laughs> I was this close to doing it during date night the other week, but Kate talked me out of it. Yeah, well, it was wise of her. I was, I was getting ready to make a statement. All right, so uh, so we're talking about how for for so many of us, as we get older, we end up adopting some of those things that are that we said we never would it's, do. Yeah, right. It's so and true. I tell my kids to do things just because I said so, and that's something I said I would never do. So I am now a fraud. I'm a phony. But yeah, as it turns out, what we're talking about today, we're talking about taking a page maybe out of our parents' playbook to a certain degree, You know, doing something we said we never do. And we'll talk about some reasons for that, as well as hopefully just some helpful ways to think about where you might want to live on the show today. We're going to list a number of factors and kind of push you towards developing a system for how you think about where you're going to like live and raise your family and exist for for a period of time. It doesn't have to be for forever, but we want to make sure that we're thinking about where we live thoughtfully. That's right. Yeah. And aside from the fact that this is a topic that is 
incredibly relevant for us these days. We wanted to talk about choosing the right place to live because this is a huge decision that's going to have massive ripple effects in virtually er every area of your life. Uh, but the fact is, for virtually everyone listening to this episode, the cost of housing is likely your number one line item on your budget. Uh, this is one of the reasons we like house hacking so much, right? Uh, the ability to take a, a top expense and pull like a jujitsu move on it and all of a sudden flip it on its head and it's making you money. It's why we love that strategy so much because putting a roof over your head is incredibly expensive. And then in addition to that, we've got this insane housing market with the astronomical run-up in housing prices over the past 18 months or so. And then on top of that, mortgage rates, they have shot into the stratosphere uh, just complicating the decision even more. And so I believe it's, it's only appropriate for us to tackle this topic today. Yeah. So we'll talk about the money considerations, of course, because we're out of money, uh, that you should be making before you uproot yourself and you move somewhere new. But we'll, we'll go beyond that. We'll talk about how uh, where you live ends up impacting your quality of life, too. Because at the end of the day, right, the entire purpose of our show is not purely to focus on financials, but it's how but it's how your money can impact your quality of life, too. That's right. And so because at the end of the day, the entire purpose of our show is, is to help you achieve the goals, live the life you want to lead. And money is obviously a big part of that. Earning more, investing as much as you can, and spending less. These are these are just the tools and strategies that are going to allow you to reach higher degrees of financial freedom. Yeah. Ultimately, that's not what life is all about, though, right? Having the most money in the bank account, you know, how you spend your time, the people and the environment you surround yourself in, uh, the, the experience you're able to participate in, that that is what makes life yeah. special. And so, yeah, what it is that you choose to value, that's up to you. But we're hoping to give you some good thoughts on how to go about evaluating where you want to live. We're all going to come down uh, in different places based on this methodology. That's not right. everyone prioritizes the same things the same way. Not everybody prioritizes craft beer like <laughs> That's right. Yeah. How close are you to uh, a few great breweries? That might be important on Matt and I scale, but maybe not as much on yours. Yeah. And this is a topic that has likely been on the minds of a lot of people over the past couple of years, specifically, you know, like, like many folks who had never considered moving to Montana or to Idaho, they suddenly found themselves dreaming of a different kind of life. Uh, some like, folks I want that big sky country. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of folks who absolutely loved living in a dense urban locale. They decided that it wasn't what they wanted any anymore. Uh, we're seeing some, some seismic shifts in how and where it is that people want to live largely in response to the pandemic uh, and just this reprioritization that has taken place in our lives. And I think we definitely fall into that camp. Uh, but a lot of rural towns are, are seeing an influx of folks who are looking to change things up. They're looking to lower their cost of living. Uh, so it's top of mind for sure. That is another reason that we wanted to talk about this today. Yeah, it's been interesting to see where people are moving because you're right. Idaho, Montana are high on that list. But even small towns that are like an hour and a half outside of Nashville that you would never have expected is, is on like the radar of of a young millennial or Gen Z, or right. like those, those some of those towns are popping too, and largely because the work from any anywhere climate has created a surge of interest in cheap living in some of these small towns that are close enough to the big city but still have a lot of natural beauty to offer. Totally. And so we're going to talk about this in a holistic way. We'll share the different reasons when a move makes sense, as well as how to do it affordably. Matt, there's a bunch of ripoffs uh, that that can and do happen in the moving industry. We're going to cover those later. Mm -hmm. How people can make sure they don't fall victim. But really, what we're going to talk about is developing a system when it comes to choosing where you're going to live. You know, it's a good thing to have an idea about what region of the country you'd like to live in, even a specific city, but then zeroing in on a few neighborhoods where you'll start house hunting. That's a solid tactic, whether you're renting or buying. And if you're moving to a completely new place, you know, we always, always recommend renting for at least six months. This really helps you get a feel for the specific location where you prefer to live, you know, just in that brief period of exploration, you're going to find uh, maybe even down to a specific street level or small neighborhood That's where you exactly want to be the best place for you and your family. There's a lot to consider, obviously, but we're going to try to break it down to the high points, like the most important things that should, that should be on your radar as you're kind of thinking about where you want to live. That's right. And they're definitely the factors that went through our minds as we, you know, ran this decision through the gauntlet of our <laughs> of our decision making process. Um, and so this wouldn't be how to money, of course, if we didn't consider the financial implications. So let's kick it off. We got to mention that one of the ways that you might narrow in on a specific uh, group of states or even cities is to consider the cost of living. Uh, most folks know that it's, it's likely going to cost a lot more to live in California than Alabama or Mississippi, but you should dig into the numbers and see what the cost 
of living looks like in specific cities or, or towns even within that state. CNN Money, they actually have a great cost of living calculator that'll help you to see how much more or honestly, even how much less everything will cost in specific cities. We'll make sure to link to that in our show notes. But as a general rule of thumb, you can always count on the cost of living being higher in more urban and more metropolitan areas versus more rural areas out in the country. Yeah, so let's keep talking about the the money portion, Matt, of how you make a decision. Because yeah, cost of living is huge. Part of what influences the cost of living is how much you're going to pay in taxes. And you know, obviously, it would be ridiculous <laughs> to solely base your decision around where you move based on taxes. Sounds like something Matt and Joel would do. Right? No, it doesn't <laughs> at all. Actually, I think some people might pigeonhole us. I, and, I think and they would. Yeah, that. like that, that might be like the knee jerk reaction. But we truly are thinking about so much more than just the cost of living. Even though that is something that is swaying our decisions yeah, yeah, slightly. For sure. We're going to save money ultimately in this move. We're moving to a place that's going to be a little bit cheaper for us and for our family. But when it comes to taxes... I like to say more affordable. More general. affordable. Yeah, it, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, when we're talking about taxes, that is an important decision maker, right? Because let's say you live in California, but you decide to move to Tennessee or Florida. You're, you are going to save a boatload every single year on your state income tax bill. That's right. You know, Florida... I, Texas, Tennessee, uh, there's a number of states where you don't have to pay any income tax. You yeah. do not pay state taxes. I believe Washington state is another uh, no income tax state. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where, sure, it's nice to note that. And you might add a slight weighting <laughs> to some of those locations because of that. Uh, because yeah, the discrepancy in state income tax can be a big deal. It can add up. But yeah, similarly, it's, it's not a bad idea to look up where your new state ranks when it comes to property taxes, because you don't want to look at just income taxes. There are different ways. And and even sales tax too, Matt, because mm-hmm. you know where we live now, the, the sales tax is right in the 9% range. And some states have a zero <laughs> sales tax when you're buying things. So those are all things you're going to want to keep in mind. Of course, if you're leaving behind a great community or you know close family relationships, the money you save isn't going to be worth the trade-off when you're talking about reducing your your tax burden taxes are not a good reason to uproot your family but it's also not an insignificant factor when we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, you know why we decide where we live cost of living and taxes are important monetary considerations uh, when we're thinking about where we're going to end up that's right. And taxfoundation.org, they actually have a bunch of different charts. Uh, they've got a map where they show uh, your state income tax. They've got a map that shows how oh, much your map. Yeah, yeah, literally, it's it's colored <laughs> where you can easily see uh, the states where you are paying more in taxes. So we'll make sure to link to that uh, as a quick little reference. But Joel, we've got tons of other factors to consider uh, and not just money factors. There are a number of lifestyle considerations before you make that move. And so we'll get to all of those right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? 
Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Matt, we are back. And yes, there are a lot of lifestyle considerations that you have to take into account, including, you know, how many breweries per capita uh, (laughs) craft breweries are nearby where you're planning to move to. That was a Part of the reason that we were very interested in moving to North Carolina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to, to Asheville. It's like, oh, maybe we should go to Raleigh. Look at how many great breweries <laughs> there are there. But uh, yeah, before we get to those lifestyle considerations, there is one more financial consideration that's just ridiculously important when we're talking mm-hmm. about where you end up. And that is where the job's at. Because if, if there is not a, a robust amount of jobs where you're looking to move, that could massively influence your decision. You know, we, we actually mentioned the resurgence of small towns just a little bit ago. You know, th- this has largely been made possible because of full-time work from home becoming a reality for tens of millions of folks. They, they didn't have the luxury three years ago of leaving their big town and moving somewhere less expensive because they had to be where their employer was. But because of these changes in the fact that you know a lot of folks don't have to be in the city where their employer is people are leaving they're moving yep it's it's like a diaspora where people are moving hmm. all across the country into towns that nobody was even considering just a few years ago and and so yeah uh, that being said city centers still offer the best access to the highest paying jobs and especially if you're starting out in your career or if you're looking to move up the ladder more quickly uh, we would suggest looking for locations where you're going to have more choice when it comes to where you work or what you do and so a recent wallet hub study actually found that the best places to start a career are salt lake city orlando atlanta austin and seattle and those are all pretty major markets, right? They're pretty big places. And so where you live has certainly a little bit less to do with the kind of job you're going to be able to get. But that's still an important factor. And especially if you're the kind of person who isn't planning on working from home, taking stock of the job scene before you like start to plant your roots is really important. That's right. Yeah. So it's not just about the cost of living, how much money you are spending every single month, but the amount of money that you might be earning, the uh, future potential too of uh, the money that you might be earning over the years. Yeah. I think our, our fine city of Atlanta was number three on that list, nice. which there's just so, so many great employers here. I was just talking to someone the other day who works at the new Microsoft office in Atlantic mm-hmm. Station, and there's just... There's so many Fortune 500 companies. There's That's so right. much opportunity for people to move up the ladder, to find gainful employment, and to earn more money here. That's right. Yeah. So join us down here in the great city of Atlanta. By the <laughs> yes. way, we're not moving. We're not leaving the the greater Atlanta area. No, so just, just up the road. Yeah. Just in case folks were thinking that we might be like moving to 
Washington, like you said, or <laughs> something like that. That is not the case. Uh, but of course, money is not the only factor to consider. Uh, when deciding where to live, you'll definitely want to consider how much space that you're going to need. And we're talking about square footage of the house itself, how that square footage is allocated, how usable the space is. But also, we're talking about how big the lot is, you know, what, what, what sort of ability you'll have to plan a garden or to, to have a basketball goal for some of those one-on-one games. You know, as a culture, I think we've placed too much importance on just having, quote-unquote, like more space. It's always more, more, more. Uh, we don't like that. But but having a good idea of how much and what kind of space that you'll need, I think that will help a ton in, in picking a great place to live. This is absolutely one of the top reasons that folks move because they're oftentimes looking for not just more space, but a space that's going to suit them better. Yeah, I like what you said about how that square footage is allocated because sometimes a, a 1,500-square-foot house can serve you better than a 2,500 square foot house just because of the way the space is laid out. And I've seen some really Mm -hmm. efficient, really incredible designs on some of those smaller homes that make a lot of sense for the way like our family lives, whereas some bigger homes just, it's like an inefficient use of space. It feels like a waste. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, the space is obviously an important consideration. You don't want to move your family of six into 800 square feet. You know, we, we actually, as a family of five, lived in 900 square feet for a minute, and that was too tight. <laughs> we realized <laughs> that we don't want to do that again. Well, yeah. You knew that it was a, a temporary deal, but even that, I don't think you would sign up for even a temporary no. gig. Uh, <laughs> One week, maybe. That's of it. 900 feet, if you had a choice. No, I would not. So uh, another another top reason, according to multiple surveys, is, is that folks that folks often move has to do with relationships. Of course, makes tons of sense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, similar to needing more space potentially, oftentimes, you know, wanting to be closer to family is the impetus that causes someone to move or moving across the country because of a budding relationship. And, and you know, we love our family, so it's no wonder that we'd want to be closer to them if at all possible. And and that is actually part of the reason for our move. We're, we're, our family is going to be closer to my parents. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't have to be a 12-hour drive away, well, then maybe it's time to move. Yeah. And so don't discount uh, your relationships. Don't discount platonic relationships as well. You know, as as we get yeah, older. Not just family, but like, yeah, your friends. Yeah. Being closer to friends, moving back to a city, maybe where you have more roots, especially if it's like coming back home or, or something like that. Especially, let's say you're starting a family, you've got young kids. Being closer to folks who you have deep uh, relationship with, your family or friends or both, is something that makes a big difference when it comes to quality of life. Yeah. And as besties, I can say that this is one area that we can really speak to because, I mean, with us moving together, uh, this makes it tremendously easier, right? I mean, we've been friends for over a decade now. I would say that we've been besties for the majority of that time. Yeah. But it's not just you and me. Our wives are best friends. Our kids are best friends. So if we were doing this separately and moving to different places, it'd be hard. Yeah, it would be incredibly hard. And I wonder if just folks think that we're just like, like we we pretend to be friends, like like (laughs) on TV, (laughs) but we we truly are. And this is- If you've been listening for any length of time, they they know that. (laughs) This is an important factor uh, when it, this this is why we had so many of those meetings to kind of talk through the details of this, because it's incredibly complicated, but it was also really important to to make sure that we were doing this right. it's even more complicated when you we run a business together and we have yeah. a podcast and so we have to yep. I mean there's a lot there's like that whole stake. side of it yes. yeah exactly <laughs> like we've already talked about the, the job uh, aspect of you know moving granted being podcasters we weren't necessarily tied to a location that was and, one of the things I will say that actually made it easier to pull the trigger on this this move was you and I don't we can work from wherever we want exactly and so because and of I've that, been wanting to kind of do that for a while to be <laughs> because even you know back in the day with photography I wasn't necessarily beholden to a specific location but it's like oh man but we're here in this neighborhood it's like Mayberry we love it here uh, it's and so, even still you were an Atlanta photographer and so you absolutely. couldn't have moved too far away exactly yeah, yeah, but, unless you I'm, wanted to start from scratch but a lot of people commute in for, for shoots once True. a week and a, you know a once a week commute where you're driving an hour I mean that's I'm not going to say that that's ideal but for a lot of folks it's uh, definitely doable given the cost of living where they where they do live. But as we're talking about relationships, it may also makes me think about empty nesters because that's a way that relationships change. You might be in like a six bedroom house. Not that you or I are getting homes that are that big. No. Uh, but if you are an empty nester, your kids are no longer there. You might realize that, oh, we actually don't need to be bouncing around this, this house that's made for a growing family. And so I mentioned that because for our older listeners, I think that's definitely a great reason to consider moving uh, to downsize. Yeah, we toured actually, Matt, a few homes that were in that 5,000 plus square foot range. And <laughs> I was I was just not having any of it's it. Over, it's like, is it a warehouse? I know. And then the basement was so big. And I'm 
like, well, I don't even know what we do with this space. No, please show me things that are, you know, in the 2,500 square foot range. And so that's what we settled on something yep. that's very normal in size. But I just, I mean, I don't know what people do. Do you send your kids to the east wing of the house <laughs> like to, when, when you don't want to speak to them or something like that? I, it, it felt it felt too big for, for me. At least. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so community, that is another big part of making a place that you land feel like home. But it can be hard to assess what the community vibe is going to be like before you move in. Uh, and so one way that you can get at least uh, an inkling is by seeing how many public spaces exist in a neighborhood that you're interested in. So the more parks or the more uh, playgrounds and trails that you encounter, I think the more likely you are to see your neighbors, uh, how much life is being lived in the front yards as opposed to the basements of those 5,000 square yeah. foot homes, Joel, where you don't see anyone. Uh, the more sidewalks you see, the more likely you are to bump into new neighbors and, and old friends on an evening walk. I mean, it's amazing in our current neighborhood that we're leaving, just having a church with a great parking lot and a playground in the center of the neighborhood, it just has fostered so many neighbor hangs in, in a significant way. It's, it's sort of like the, the heart, yeah. uh, geographically speaking, of the neighborhood. And so spaces like that truly do matter. Yeah, and the sidewalks. We got sidewalks on both sides of the street, basically yeah. on every street around here. And so what do neighbors do? They walk. Yeah, so I, I see people out all the time when I'm on my bike or when I'm walking with my kids and it just it creates impromptu community community conversations that are honestly just as good if not better than some of the planned conversations and the planned hangs uh, on a back porch sometimes, or front porch or something yeah, like that. Sometimes that spontaneousness that's what you need in your life man. That's right. Like so, so much of our lives are, are already planned and on the calendar. That's right. It's good to have these avenues that exist to foster that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love that. So uh, another thing that of course we think is important is walkability and bike ability. Whether you're renting or you're buying a place, that, that, that's another thing we haven't really talked about much here, Matt, is you don't necessarily have to be buying a house in order to be thoughtful about where you're going to live. You can be a thoughtful renter and you can decide to uproot and move somewhere else and find a new place to land totally. at, as someone who is still signing, let's say, a, a year-long lease. I think most of what we've talked about so far today, I mean, it's it's universal, right? Yeah. Like it applies to you if you're looking to rent or if you're looking to buy. Exactly. And and so walkability, bikeability apply to everyone too. We, we think those are both worthy things to prioritize. And so whether that means being able to bike to your actual place of work or just like a couple of great breweries and restaurants that you love that you feel like you're going to frequent a lot because that's the kind of life you're living right now, that's great. Or whether it's walking distance to a playground for your kids. I mean, finding something, you, you can't be you can't be walking distance or biking distance to everything. But as long as you've got a few things that you can consistently hit up that are meaningful, uh, pr prioritizing some proximity to some of those things that you value is, is important. And yeah. maybe it's just nature, right, that you want to be closer to, like yeah. a national or a state park. You know, th there's actually evidence, Matt, that, that living closer to nature reduces stress and increases happiness. I so like, I like that kind of evidence. Those, yeah. <laughs> those are the kind of studies that I look for. Yeah. Does it back <laughs> up my current way of thinking? Then, then I like it. We're cherry picking a little bit here for sure. But that, again, was something that you and I discussed. Being in, in town Atlanta, there are a decent number of parks and trees. But still, we weren't close enough to some of the nature things that we were wanting. Totally. And so where we're moving, just 25 minutes away, gives us access to some of that. Yeah, but even if getting outside, if that's not your thing, focus on whatever it is that's going to move the needle for yeah, you. You're like, no, I'm playing Xbox 12 hours a day. I don't need that nature. I'm <laughs> well, in the metaverse, just Joel. focus on whatever it is that, <laughs> that you enjoy the most. Uh, so, but speaking of kids and, and playgrounds, schools, they are something else that you're going to want to consider. Uh, honestly, even if you don't you know, have kids or even plan on having kids, because how good the schools are, where you end up moving is going to inevitably affect the value of your home. You know, I think this probably applies a little bit more to the the homeowners, to the home buyers out there. But you can find helpful school rankings on uh, great schools. School Digger are both sites uh, out there that help to compare apples to apples when it when it comes to schools. Uh, but I, I mentioned this one because this is a factor that Kate and I didn't consider at all when we bought our first home. Yeah. That being said, Kate and I, we, I think we kind of lucked out and we did happen to fall in a zone or, or a district uh, for a school that is highly rated, that is rated well, that is highly sought after. But keep that in mind because not only is it going to affect uh, resale, but even if you're going to keep that property, uh, if you are going to consider renting that, that is also going to have an impact on the rents that you're going to be able to bring in because folks, they want to live in, this, in, in the neighborhood where we live because they want their kids to be able to, to get into that school. So aside from the fact that this is more of a lifestyle thing, 
thing where your kids might end up going to school. If it's not, it'll at least come around uh, and it will influence the finances. Yeah. And and it could go and probably should go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Also, (laughs) the school district that you end up in, if you have kids, it's going to determine where they go to school uh, for the most part, unless you live in a municipality or a state where there is greater access to school choice, which... It's a great thing. Uh, You are typically bound to the nearest school to where you live. And so the type of education that your kids receive is largely determined based on the kind of school. Even maybe even just the the academic approach of that school can differ. It it might not even be that it's rated higher, but you might just say, I I really like the methodology that that school uses. Style of school. Instead, Mm -hmm. and that can be a big difference maker in where and why you decide to move. So, Matt, that makes me think that maybe we should divulge a a little bit more about why we're deciding to move let's, because let's do it. we've covered a bunch of those factors that are worth considering. There's some financial factors. There are some lifestyle considerations that you really should take into account before you decide to pull the trigger, hire the moving company, and just peace out and move across state lines or even just up the road within your state to a new neighborhood. We'll talk more about our decision for moving and we'll talk about how you can move without getting ripped off uh, right after this. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. 
and you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back from the break. And now that we've discussed a framework for picking an awesome place to live, let's go ahead. And like you said, Joe, let's get personal. Let's uh, discuss our move here for a second. And so how do many listeners, if you've been listening to the podcast, for those who have sharp ears, you may have heard recently me talking about the fact that we did purchase a home. And if you've got really sharp ears, you may have even remembered me talking about potentially even like moving someplace uh, that has mountains. Was it, it was sometime last year, Joel, I, I remember talking about moving out to Boise. I think we had actually we had a listener who was in Boise. And I told you Boise's way too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, actually. Uh, so is Denver. These were all locations that Kate and I, that we've always sort of dreamed about moving to because of the proximity to mountains and to nature. We always, for instance, we always thought we'd end up in sort of the Western North Carolina area. We both worked up around Asheville. I used to live in Black Mountain for a little bit back in the day. But given the many factors that we just talked through, it was going to mean that we we're further from family. It was going to mean that we were potentially going to rupture uh, relationships that we have with your family, not to mention the business as well. And so we started thinking, okay, where is somewhere that we can at least be a little bit closer to nature? And so that is what kept us closer to home, closer to where we are right now, to where we're actually recording this episode, uh, <laughs> but still much closer to uh, a state, you know, state and national parks where we can literally hike from our house and start hiking versus commuting in the van on the weekends, which is what we typically do to drive somewhere to go hiking. Yeah, y'all hike spend that time. basically every weekend. And so yeah. to think that this new mountain, you know, right around the corner, literally walking distance from your house is your new playground. Yeah. Is We're so stoked. Big for your oh family. Oh my gosh, it's for huge. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, of course, not only that, schools, we kind of touched on that earlier uh, before the break as well. Uh, that's something that was, it wasn't important when we f- bought our first home, uh, <laughs> but then we quickly, it kind of quickly rose in rank as to how much importance and how much stress we put on that. Yeah. And, and but you, it, you, as we've grown our family though, as we've had more kids, it's become more and more of a priority. Yeah, and so we're, with you having four kids that need to get educated, me having three, the, the school oh, yeah. decision makes even more of an impact on how we view it, at least at this point in time. And Matt, you mentioned that the school our kids go to is highly rated, highly sought after. It's been a good place. But then I talked about how different styles of education can exactly. make a difference. And so that was actually one of the major reasons to precipitate mm-hmm. us moving. And as any parent knows who has had you know, virtual school and all that stuff, it has shed some light on how the the inner workings maybe of the school that that your kid goes to. And it's maybe made you think a little bit differently about how you want their education to go in the future. It certainly did for for the two of us, Matt, for our fans. And and so that was that definitely factored in. But but there's a lot of these things where the things that you and I that we prioritize the most highly about the neighborhood where we currently live, the the community aspect that is so ingrained in the fabric mm-hmm. of this place where we live. Yeah. We wanted to find a similar place that had maybe some of these other characteristics that we love. We didn't want to give it all up. And we didn't want to give up some of the city vibes. And so we're able to keep, actually, I think a lot of that where we're moving yeah. to just 20, 25 minutes away. And so um, the, these are the kind of things where it's a tough decision and there's trade-offs because there's, yeah, there's always going to be My trade-offs. favorite breakfast place, I'm leaving it behind. Yeah. I'm going to miss homegrown. Well, like. Uh, uh, like it's my job. That place, <laughs> one that of place our, the best. One of our favorite breweries with the best merch in the entire country. That's right. We're not going to be able to bike there anymore. That's right. Yeah. So there's definitely some things like that we're sad about, but there's a lot that we're excited about too. So, yeah. But again, the fact that we're able to do this together, like honestly, that's what sort of sealed the deal. Like that was going to be so difficult. And that's why we wanted to highlight, like you said, Joel, those platonic relationships, because, you know, as we get older, I think it's just it's not it's really hard to maintain closer relationships, especially as men. As we get older, uh, oftentimes we're not going out of our way to make new friendships. And so if we don't intentionally foster and nurture the relationships that you do have, I think a lot of times folks find themselves in middle age alone 
you know, you know without, yeah. without friends. And that's certainly something that you and I, we never talk about this on our show, on the show, actually, friendship uh, and how important that is. We should. We should. We totally should. <laughs> Literally it's, say it, best friends out at the end of every episode. <laughs> we have talked about the, the declining American friendship before. Yeah, yeah. Because the average person used to have something like three and a half close friends. And now the average oh, American yeah, says right. they have like 1.6 or 1.7 yeah, we have talked close that. friends. And so there is a decline, I think. And and so this community, the, the focus and the, the spotlight we shine on community and friendship, we think uh, is is crucial. That that's true wealth, <laughs> right there. Yeah. It's having close community, close family. Uh, the more you can foster that, the richer you're going to feel, even if your bank account is just tight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even if financially. Actually, you're broke. Yeah, we want you to have both, <laughs> ultimately, but like that that's even more important, really, in our book. That's right, man. All right. So once you've decided that you are going to make the move, you know, you've determined a specific city, or better yet, maybe you've determined a specific neighborhood, uh, it, let's, let's talk about what's next, because you might be saying, well, the supply of homes where I want to live is low. Uh, how can I find the right place for me in this market? Uh, well, it's crucial to make sure that you have an agent who specializes in the area where you want to live. Joel, you and I, we, we both have a killer agent who has helped us uh, both buy multiple properties in town where we currently live. Everything from the homes uh, we live in to the, the homes that, that are investment properties. But honestly, we didn't even consider using her at all for purchasing our homes uh, out in the burbs. It's it's a completely different market out there. And we wanted an expert who lives and who breathes the exact place we were hoping to land. And it's a completely different market out there. And we wanted an expert who lives and breathes the exact place that we were hoping to land. Uh, we want somebody who knows uh, your target neighborhood inside and out. Can I just say too, by the way, you, you keep saying the burbs and I think I've mentioned it too, and we are moving to somewhere that's not the heart of the city, right? Yeah. But it's also, there's a difference I think between where we're moving and just complete suburbia. I don't know. Okay. Maybe not. I, I, cause it still has soul. We're that's not, part of the identity we're not confusion living. I was talking about when I, <laughs> that made it so difficult to move. We're moving into like actually a mid-century house in an mm-hmm. older neighborhood that's right. that is not too far from a suburban downtown. Sure, yeah. So let's put this out there for the record. We're not moving into McMansions that are all cookie cutter. Not that there's anything against that, but that is not what we were looking for. Either one of us, what we were looking for in the the type of home that we were looking for. We have sung the praises about our super old bungalows, and I'm excited to be moving into an old house again because I just have an affinity for old houses, even if they cost you more (laughs) in the long run. And yeah, talking about an agent, Matt, the agent we went with, he does just that, right? He lives in the same neighborhood, basically, that you're moving to. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And he, great local real estate agents often have a network that impacts their ability to find you a home. Sometimes uh, they're able to get you into a property, even before it hits the market. Hmm, that happened in your case, didn't it, Matt? That he was able to say, like, listen, I know these folks, they're about to sell. They, they told me about it. And you know what? If you want to take a look, you get first dibs. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, literally that happened for us and it can be, you at least have first crack at it. Yeah. Right. And I think that's just, especially given the market that we've had, it does seem like things are starting to cool off a little bit, but the competition was fierce this past spring and the ability, like, I don't necessarily think we're getting a killer deal because we were needing to pay a premium for them to not list the house on the market, right? And so in some, in one sense, maybe we slightly overpaid because who knows? We never got to see what the competition was going to look like. But on the other hand, we also didn't get to see what the competition was going to look like, which meant that more than likely, I think we were able to slightly underpay for what that home would have gone for. But either way, having somebody who knows a specific area and knows of not just pocket listings, but listings that may not even be listings yet. You know, like right. like these are folks who are just like, you know, we've been thinking about moving. That's why the agent sudden, is so agent clutch. Who can take care of you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And if we had used our agent, who is a great agent, uh, but oh, doesn't killer. know that neighborhood. She's amazing. Yeah. Doesn't for know, this part of town, it, for sure. It, it would have been, it would have been, it wouldn't have worked out the same way. Exactly. And, and okay, one other thing I wanted to mention too, uh, can you talk about your guerrilla marketing campaign to try to buy oh, a geez. house? <laughs> and you, you identified some specific homes and properties yeah. and some specific lots that you fell in love with the most. And so you started writing letters, sticking them in mailboxes, talking to neighbors. Uh, you weren't just content to pull up Zillow every day and see what popped up. Exactly. You were kind of like attacking <laughs> the market to try to find what you wanted. Well, specifically, I think that's why it's so helpful to know exactly where you're hoping to land, right? Because you can go literally to specific homes, which is what we did. And we got to meet, and even though it didn't work out, right? In the end, we actually 
uh, ended up purchasing a home that we hadn't specifically targeted, but it's still an awesome house in this great neighborhood that we're hoping to land in. But even though it didn't pan out for, you know, for those specific homes that we targeted, we're still, we're at least friends with those folks and they are now our neighbors. And we have like, we've already, we've still been in touch with them. But the fact is, were they on the brink of considering to move or not, I think there's a good chance that we may have been able to to do a, a similar off-market deal. Yeah. And, and basically, that's a, a tactic that real estate investors use all the time. Like they're they're farming the market, they're knocking on doors, they're sending out flyers, mm-hmm. trying to find that one percent of people who are willing to sell them the house based on getting that in their mailbox. And you were looking for the same thing, but as a, a primary homeowner. And I think that's actually a really interesting tactic that that some people who are looking for a specific kind of property can use. It's not always going to work, but it's it's worth a shot. Worth a shot. All right, let's talk about moving for a second, Matt, because when we're talking about finding a place that you want to live, moving is clearly a part of the hassle and it can be expensive too. Uh, Using your own vehicle or a U-Haul, asking for a few friends to help you move in exchange for like pizza and beer, that works really well in your 20s <laughs> and not exactly not so much as you get older you know you and me we're, we're uh, knocking on the door 40 and so we had to budget more for our move uh, and especially by the way if you're not staying local it's it's going to cost more and and i actually like the idea of renting your own u-haul and then hiring someone actually u-haul has a moving help service that's mm-hmm. great for finding local folks i've done that myself and you can get uh, a few people to come help you move relatively inexpensively and, and you rent the truck yourself. Yeah, you did that a couple times in the past few years. I've done it multiple times. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing, finding a good mover for a bigger trip, especially one that's taking you to a new state, is actually something that can be fraught with peril though. So if you're hiring uh, movers, professional movers, make sure they are certified pro movers at moving.org. This this certification is awarded by the American Trucking Association to companies who have to pass like the, a rigorous set of standards. And so hey, ethical you know, standards as yeah, well, right? Yeah. And so there's uh plus they, they look at their the, the history of the moves they've done. They talk to previous customers. They are thorough. And so if you find a moving company who is a vetted pro mover, you can uh, know <laughs> with uh, relative certainty that this is a company you want to do business with. Matt, you and I, we of course prioritize that. We found uh, high quality certified pro movers who happen to be really affordable and are helping us move up relatively inexpensively. So I just want to put that out there. If you're looking to hire a mover, it's easy to get taken advantage of, but just only uh, confining your search to pro movers is one way that you're going to ensure that you're doing business with the good guys. Yeah. And by the way, movers are, it seems like they're thrilled to give you estimates, but you want to make sure that you get a binding estimate and uh, because this actually protects you from extreme deviations that can occur if a mover only provides a non-binding estimate. But by doing that, that puts you in the best position. And don't ever pay uh, a down payment to a mover for their services. Yeah. This is a, a big uh, big red flag as well. And one other thing worth mentioning when it comes to your move is that you should try to purge as much as possible before you leave. Uh, Joel, I think this folks might also, other sharp listeners out there might be, may have picked up on the fact that we have been selling a good amount of stuff. <laughs> so you've basically met the sell yourself challenge. And I, I kind of the wrote first that half one of the year. up for myself because I was like, okay, we have to start unloading things because I don't want to be in a situation where we're either donating things to charity, which is totally fine, but I would rather see it to go to someone who's willing to pay me a small fee where they're really excited to have that item. And you can uh, donate the cash to charity instead, Matt. That is true. But this can be a perfect chance to donate and sell that old stuff uh, that can help even pay for this move. Fewer boxes means a less expensive move overall. And since the average move, it costs something around $1,500. Cutting that bill down in any way that you can is wise. Uh, But definitely don't sell your stuff in order to buy all new stuff when you get to your new place. And that would probably be far worse from a money standpoint. Uh, Try as much as possible to keep your old stuff. That is still in good working order. Uh, We just want you to resist the urge to just completely upgrade, buy all new furniture. We're going to get this room to deliver like brand new house. We're new people now. Yeah. That is that is what we want you to try to avoid. Well, that's one of the downsides of those much larger homes, Matt. That's why I'm, I like the fact that we're staying in a very similar square footage because it's like there's not much need for us to buy anything else. We kind of have 
all the stuff that the, we've got the beds and the couches and chairs and all that stuff already. Mm-hmm. We don't need to upgrade anything. Yeah, you don't have those. How are we going to outfit the West Wing? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Questions. Yeah. <laughs> or the basement that is the size of my current home. Like, <laughs> what are we going to put down there? I have no idea. So yeah, I think that's a that's a good a good call is is selling things that you can so that you're moving less overall. So it's going to cost you less. And so let's talk about moving to Matt in a hot market when mm. prices are high. They uh, have been. Rents, rents have gone up <laughs> too. Shot up. And I've even seen people talk about bidding wars for certain homes when it comes to renting. So people are just that desperate for, for certain houses in certain areas. And, and so it's. I will say this was a massive needle that our families had to thread over a series of, of multiple months. Or it was a tiny needle looking. that we had to thread. It was the smaller the needle, the harder. That's a good point. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for that. And so, yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty along the way as we were moving forward. And you might actually be thinking that maybe we've lost our how to money cred because we- Seems like you're buying at the wrong time, guys. Yeah, bought homes at (laughs) the peak of the market maybe. But a a couple of things to note on that front is, well, who knows whether this is the peak or if we're going to see home prices continue Mm -hmm. to climb maybe for the next few years or even the next decade. It's tough to know. And we've talked about the underlying demographics and the housing shortage uh, that we think they're, they're, we're not we're definitely not in a housing bubble but it's hard to know whether home prices are going to come down in the near future or not and the other thing is we're fortunate enough to already own our own homes and that means that we have the ability to take advantage of the hot housing market on the flip side of the equation yeah you know, yeah we're, I mean we're, we're having to pay a premium right to, to get our homes but we're also getting a premium so for I mean us specifically like we're we, we sold our home we are under contract we're pending uh, and so we're we're kind of swapping one seemingly overpriced home for another, even though that being said, we are moving to a more affordable location. So we're actually paying less overall for our housing costs. Yeah. And I'm doing the crazy thing and trying to rent out our current home. So adding adding another unit to my rental portfolio. So it's one of those things where we're trying to make lemonade out of lemons uh, (laughs) with a hot (laughs) housing market. And it's, it's certainly a hard time to move. It's a really hard time to try to get two families to move within a relatively uh, uh, short distance of each other. Yeah, but it's un- unreal. We pulled it off. And somehow, it, it yeah, we have been able to manage it while maintaining our friendship uh, <laughs> and the podcast. Yeah, and continuing to release <laughs> good content. Uh, so, I mean, picking the right place to live, it's it's more of an art, honestly, than a science. Um, but that being said, if you're a type A person, you might even want to create something a little nerdy or something like a weighted scale that considers all of these factors to help you to numerically represent which communities and which specific houses make sense to you. And remember, money is an important factor in deciding where to live. Of course, we don't want you to rent or buy somewhere that's going to bust your monthly budget. But money is not the most important reason to move or to stay put. We're going to be moving here in a couple of weeks, and it's, it's kind of a stressful time. Moving, it's, it's widely considered to be one of the most stressful life events. It's up there, I think, with the loss of a loved one. And so here's to, to hoping we don't move again anytime soon. And for those out there who are also looking to move in the near future, we wish you the best of luck in finding a home and specifically in finding a community where you and your family can thrive as well. Yep. So hopefully we dished enough personal information and also gave you a lot to think about when it comes yeah. to buying or renting and when we're going to end up. And I think Matt, more people have been thinking about it and more people will continue to think a little more deeply about why they live where they live. They'll start to question, is this, is actually, is this actually where I want to be? Or do I actually want to live in a small town on the edge of a national forest? Or do I want to live in the heart of downtown in a studio apartment because I'm walking distance to three great craft breweries? I mean, like it's, all going to be individualized and everyone's mm-hmm. going to have a different take, which is great. But uh, factor these things in for yourself. We'll, we'll have a list in our show notes on howtomoney.com of all the factors that we mentioned. So you can kind of come up with a chart for yourself as you're making these assessments. But Matt, let's get back to the beer that we had on this let's episode. Do it. This was called Stucky's Pecan Log Roll by Wild Heaven. Uh, what were your thoughts on this beer? I'll say it was pretty tasty. It's a fairly unique beer. Like they don't say on the can what type of beer it is, but if I had to describe it, I would say like it has more uh, brown ale characteristics. Oh yeah, uh, than than a stout because it doesn't have some of those big robust flavors that come with a stout. Uh, it drinks more like a brown ale to it's me. Like a light nut brown ale. 
Yeah, you know? yeah. It's got nuts in it. But it's pecans in it. That's so. true. And, and it, I feel like it kind of has a fluffiness to it. Like it almost tastes like there's a little bit of marshmallow. Oh. A, lot, a lot of times uh, marshmallow can be added to stouts typically as an adjunct to kind of give it some of that white fluff flavor. And, and it makes sense too, specifically for this beer, because this is so Stuckey's. It's like a gas station. It's like a truck stop chain that originated down in South Georgia. And they have these pecan log rolls that you could buy there at those gas stations. And so this is actually a collaboration with Stucky specifically in Wild Heaven to create this beer that makes it taste like you just pulled over in South Georgia, I guess, <laughs> and got a snack and got a pecan uh, log roll uh, from the gas station, which I I don't even know if I've ever even had one of these. I don't I, think I have either. I have seen them before. Now I feel like I have to. Yeah, right? Just I mean, to be a true Georgian. I, but. We would always, if I was ever one, like the splurge when I was growing up was if my parents got one of the uh, deep fried apple pies, oh, like in the wax paper. That sounds good. Dude, those were my jam. <laughs> and I still love those to this day. It's why my favorite donut is an apple fritter because you got that deep fried with the apple flavors and the cinnamon. It's you can't beat it. Yeah. So I can't imagine myself going for the pecan roll, the pecan log roll over a deep fried apple pie. But the next time I see one, I'm going to have to get one just to uh, give it a shot. No doubt. Yeah, thought this one was was tasty. And pecans, they're a classic Georgia uh, staple. And so is on this episode where we're staying put in Georgia. That's we're right. Just it's only appropriate. Migrating a, a little bit north. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's only appropriate. I agree. So all right, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks who want the show notes and links to some of the things we mentioned in this episode, you can find those on our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. So that's going to be it for this episode. Joel, until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. A rested child is a happy child. Sleep Tight Stories is a weekly podcast that brings comfort and joy to families worldwide with calming bedtime stories. The stories are relevant to children and spark wonder without overstimulation, so they can fall asleep and stay asleep. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. For a bedtime routine you'll miss when they're grown, Sleep Tight Stories. Hey everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.